NPR. Waylon, I know we're in the world of podcasting, but like when was the last time you tuned into an AM station in your car? Producer Julia Ritchie, so good to have you on the side of the mic. And to answer your question, honestly, I have not listened to AM radio in the car since it was on when my dad was driving me around. You know, although we may not be the prime demographic for it, the National Broadcasters Association says some 82 million Americans tune into AM radio each month. And one of those people is none other than Senator Ed Markey, Democrat of Massachusetts. I can listen to Boston politics, Boston weather, Boston traffic, Boston sports uh, on WBZ AM on the way home at night. Boston accents, too, I imagine. Uh, with the perfect accent from uh, the birthplace of freedom, Boston, Massachusetts, Lexington, and Concord. But Ed is pretty worried right now about AM radio. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Julia Ritchie, a producer and AM radio nerd just like the senator. When some automakers confirmed this year that they were planning to phase out AM radio in their electric vehicles, the political backlash was immediate and remarkably bipartisan. Democrats and Republicans are banding together to save AM radio from becoming a relic of the past. So today on the show, we try to answer the question of whether AM radio is, as Ed sees it, a public good, and why the government wants car makers to keep them in their cars. That's all coming up after the break. Don't touch that dial. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science in Management and Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at E-Trade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. This spring, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Go to mintmobile.com slash indicator. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Mark Warwick and Paige Posey own and operate WTZQ. It's an AM-FM station that covers Hendersonville, North Carolina, and the surrounding county. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to Henderson County's morning show, The Breakfast Club. 
with Mark and Paige, nine minutes after seven in the morning. Good morning, Paige. Hello, Mark. How are you today? Mark and Paige are married. They spend five days a week bantering in the morning. Happy birthday to you. It is, it birthday is time. word of the day time. It is time for a Q tip from our community calendar. Fall gardening. That's the next topic. It is trivia time here. How did the farmer fix his jeans? How did the farmer fix his jeans? With a cabbage patch. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, this is not the screechy talk radio that maybe some people think of when they think of AM radio. No, it's super wholesome mom and pop, kind of like a novelty candy shop of, like, different segments. They've even had the same guy doing weather reports since I was a kid. Oh. I have lots of clouds out there today. We could see some sprinkles from time to time. Full disclosure, WTZQ is also where I did an internship in high school. And did you get to meet the weather guy? I didn't, no, but that's, you know, why I'm so good at radio now. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I learned from the best in the biz. Well, so you are probably more qualified to do this, but here is a quick primer on the difference between AM and FM radio. Both are types of signals made up of electromagnetic waves that a radio can pick up. FM is higher quality because it can handle more frequencies, while AM has more of that static sound and it's prone to interference. But AM has an advantage. Its signal goes further, and that's a big deal for Mark and Page's station, as it's able to penetrate those big Blue Ridge Mountains where I'm from, especially when it's hard to get a cell signal. Mark says they even have some listeners who switch over to AM when the FM signal starts fading. So when he heard the news that some car makers might discontinue AM in their cars, he was flummoxed. The very first thing that hit me was, well, there they go again. There we go again, singing the death knell of local radio. It's been done. Radio has been dying since it got here. So, you know, it can only die how many more times? The news was even more alarming to members of Congress like Senator Ed Markey. Ed says that beyond just an important community resource, these stations are a critical component of the federal government's emergency warning system that people can access when other technology fails. That scenario was borne out recently in Maui when wireless emergency notifications failed to notify some residents to evacuate. When the cell towers failed during the devastating fires on Maui, AM radio stations remain strong. AM radio was crucial after Superstorm Sandy in 2012. So AM radio is there in hurricanes and blackouts and snowstorms and floods. In a survey, Ed found eight automakers, including Mazda, BMW, Volkswagen, Volvo, and Tesla, had already stopped putting AM radios in their EVs. Ford was planning to do the same, but later backtracked. Their reasoning? Well, that thing we said earlier about AM being more sensitive to interference. It turns out electric engines easily mess with AM's reception. So the argument that they're making is that it's too difficult technologically for them to figure it out. How do you keep AM radio in a car that is now um, going to be electric? But the next question is, well, how did all the other companies figure out how to do it. Why can't you do it? And several automakers have figured it out, like Hyundai and Stellantis, either using shielded cables or moving their AM receivers further away from the car's electric components. Ed thinks the other automakers have a different agenda. What they want to do, ultimately, they don't want to say it, is that they want to basically turn automobiles into the same kind of money-making machine that is cable TV where people have to pay for everything. 
But automakers say they're not getting rid of anything. Drivers can still get AM programming through other mediums in the car, even on the FM dial. Ed's more skeptical. He says he's seen how companies have increasingly walled off channels and content to non-subscribers. AM radio is not only deeply embedded in American life, he's arguing, but it's vital to the national interest. You hear politicians use phrases like this all the time, like this policy is in the public's best interest or it's for the public good. But what's good for the public does not always fit the definition of a public good in economics. I certainly think the system of emergency alerts is certainly a public good. That's Seema Jayachandran, a professor of economics and public affairs at Princeton University. In economics, there are two criteria to be a public good. It has to be non-excludable, meaning you can't limit people from using it, and non-rivalrous, meaning that even when you're using the public good, you're not preventing someone else from doing so. In this way, yes, getting emergency warnings over the radio would kind of fit that definition. Once we broadcast something, everybody who has a radio can hear it. We're not going to you know, charge people to, to hear our message when we broadcast it. And it's not rival. You know, lots of people can hear it at the same time. There's an asterisk here, though, because there's this distinction between the emergency broadcast system itself and the device for delivering it, this case, an AM radio in your car. Right. Delivering emergency broadcasts is a public good, but is the best way to do that making cars carry AM radios in them? Seema says it's not like the government is insisting every American have an AM radio in their house during an emergency. That's why I think the car manufacturers have a point that we're all in favor of having a way to have emergency broadcasts. But if car technology has changed, so AM radios are more challenging, you know, maybe we need to have a different way of making sure everybody is going to hear those AM broadcasts in those emergencies. But the senator is not convinced. The message from the emergency response community is clear. AM radio is the backbone of our emergency response system. Its removal is a matter of public safety. So he and Republican Senator Ted Cruz introduced the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. The legislation would compel the Department of Transportation to require automakers to keep AM radios in their vehicles at no additional cost. But even if this legislation passes, AM radio could still lose its signal from other headwinds. Radio listenership may have remained steady over the last decade, but AM listenership has declined. Plus, there's just a lot more stuff to listen to in your car. Like this podcast. Maybe we should be more AM radio-like in this podcast then. Like, Julia, why don't you, like, give us a weather report? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin and Corey Bridges with engineering by Josephine Neonai. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Our editor is Kate Kincannon, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts.